Hey, hey, Catherine here. I am always so grateful for you tuning in today. If you're new to the show, welcome, welcome. I'm super stoked that you're here. If you've been around for a bit, you know I'm all about keeping it real with you. I'm also really all about shaking shit up in the industry, specifically around marketing and sales, um, and really showing you all sides of entrepreneurship and life and challenging some of the status quo that we've been used to, um, things that I've been used to. I, you know, I've been doing this for 20 years. I've done all the things. I've been trained in the way marketing has always really been done. And I'm at a point now that because of the experience that I have, I'm able to sort of see what's working, what isn't working, doesn't really feel good to me. Uh, Some of the things I've never really liked about marketing and sales and how it can come across super freaking achy. Um, And so I'm, I'm all about really kind of shaking shit up as I as I say. And I shared a few weeks ago, one of my favorite Brené Brown quotes, her new book just came out, cannot wait to read it. But I shared one of my favorite quotes from her. And that is, if you're not in the arena getting your ass kicked, I don't want your feedback. Well, like I say, on all of my episodes, I really want you to see me as your friend in the arena, equally getting my ass kicked week on week on week, um, but inspiring you to keep going because I get it. I get how hard this journey can be at times, how challenging it can be, how lonely sometimes it can feel uh, when we don't maybe aren't around or surrounded by people that get what we're doing, that see our vision. And so I totally get it. I'm living it too every day with you and that the perspectives that I share on the show are real life perspectives, but also the guests that I'm bringing on are equally in the arena with you as well. And that guest I'm having on today uh, is walking the talk and and doing all the things. But before I do, I want to share an exciting opportunity with you. Last week, I hosted a private training showcasing coaches and consultants, probably a couple of weeks ago now, uh, not last week, uh, by the time this baby airs. But it was a free private training for coaches and consultants on how I launched and scaled one of my businesses to close to a million dollars in sales without using outbound engagement tactics or lead generation, like cold DMing, engaging on other people's posts, hoping they pay attention, or trying to prospect potential clients and Facebook groups, which we've all seen. My goal around this training was never to like shame those tactics, because those tactics work. Uh, People have built million dollar businesses using those tactics. It's just not the way in which I want to do marketing. I just don't vibe with it. I think there's a better way that we can do it. And to say that it was a total smash would be an understatement. The feedback that I'm getting right now um, is just absolutely wild. And specifically around the term martyr marketing versus attraction marketing, which is what I teach attraction marketing predominantly, um, really infused with what I call conscious language. Um, and really targeting that growth mindset versus that victim mindset. And I shared that on the masterclass and the feedback, like I said, that I'm getting is absolutely freaking wild. Um, all the sales calls that I've had, people have just been like mind blown with this. They knew something felt off for them and didn't really vibe with them, but they just couldn't put the words to it. And I essentially did that in the masterclass for them, showing them that there was a different way. And so if you want to access that instant, uh, replay, there is a link in the show notes. I will be doing a live encore here before Christmas. So if you want to fast track that and get the instant replay, that's cool. Uh, But if you want to join that live encore, I'll be sharing more details about that in the coming days. Now let's dive into the good stuff for today. We have a special guest on the show, Cassie Biltz. Let's just say we speak the same language and that's the language of energy. Cassie is here to share with you today how to be an energetic match for your next level of business success. Heck yes, we all want that, right? She's an energetic marketing and sales expert, certified hypnotherapist that helps establish entrepreneurs rewire their energetic and subconscious blocks to scale their biz with joy. I always say the new definition of business success is pleasure, joy, simplicity, elegance. Who's with me? Because, you know, we typically measure our success based on the dollar value in our bank account, the conversions, the number of leads coming through our inbox, right? We, it's very logical, analytical, strategic, not saying you don't want to be strategic, but I'm seeing this shift in the online space predominantly, but shift with entrepreneurs that what's the point in doing business if we don't find joy in it, if we don't find it fun, if we don't really love showing up, we might love our clients and we might love our the work that we do, but all the other things in between just don't end up being fun 
playful, joyful. And Cassie's going to share with you today um, how you can go about doing that, how you can go about smashing through or having that biggest breakthrough, next level breakthrough in your business using energetics, how to be an energetic match for your next level of success. So without further ado, let's welcome Cassie to the show. After generating over a million dollars in sales and selling one of her businesses with a single email, your host, Katherine Thompson, takes an unconventional approach to marketing and sales. So if you're ready to tap into a more powerful way to be seen, heard, and a sought-after entrepreneur in your industry without having to spend endless hours marketing your business and chasing clients, you're in the right place. Be the Sought-After Entrepreneur Podcast is here to help you ditch the cookie-cutter, one-size-fits-all approach to marketing and use your unique energy to effortlessly attract the most aligned clients. When you do this, you can spend less time marketing your business and more time doing your soul work and enjoying the richness of your life. Welcome to Be the Sought After Entrepreneur Podcast. And here's your host, Katherine Thompson. Hey, hey, I am super stoked to have Cassie on the show today to share all things hypnosis and energy and how that is kind of like the secret hidden thing that a lot of entrepreneurs are, I think, missing in their business. So I'm just going to turn it right over to you, Cassie, so you can share who you are, what you do and who you help. Hi, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. So yes, I am a transformational coach and hypnotherapist. And so I love to teach established female entrepreneurs how to grow their business and scale to the next level using subconscious reprogramming, align energetics, and just really rewiring their subconscious from the inside out. So my background, I built my first business, which I still run as a virtual health and fitness coach. And so through that process of building that business over six years, I learned a lot of what works and a lot of what doesn't work. But essentially what happened was I got really far in my business and I built it to, you know, this six figure business that I always wanted, but I really did so through just pure grit and work ethic alone. I have a really strong work ethic and that's the kind of women I attract, right? They are, they don't lack in work ethic. They can apply the strategies. They know how to do the things. The problem is they do way too much. They overcommit to way too much. (laughs) They're working way harder than they need to be. And I had to kind of take a step back and realize I can't keep going at this rate. I'm getting burnt out and I'm very tired. And I also want to be present with my family and I don't want to have to sacrifice. I don't have the belief that I have to have one or the other. I believe I can have an amazing family and a really successful, thriving, financially prosperous business. And that took me really, really changing my life from the inside out and looking at what, what was going on in my mind, what was going on in my energy and really reprogramming my subconscious, um, specifically around my identity, which we can talk about in this episode. So that's what I learned. And from that point, I was able to grow my business way quicker with, I literally worked half as much and doubled my income almost in about a year while working like literally half as many hours, which I didn't even know was possible because I was focused on kind of like what you teach ways of being and removing those subconscious blocks that kept me stuck in this cycle of overworking, overdoing and over-functioning essentially. And so that's what I love to teach entrepreneurs now. So amazing because I think we have a similar, I mean, story and relatable story in that I built my first business, brick and mortar business. Um, and again, I don't lack work ethic. I don't lack willpower. I know strategy. And I basically ran myself into the ground uh, two years in, hit massive burnout, and then decided in my own right that I was like, I, I want something different because like you, I, I want to be able to have a lifestyle and a business and not have to sacrifice one or the other. And so I want to dive into the whole identity piece because I do think like, again, a lot of the people that I attract are those high achievers, are those hustlers, and they probably don't maybe at this point believe that it's possible to work less and still make either the income that they're making or more, right? There's that sort of connotation around like, I don't really believe that. I think you do need to hustle in business. So I'd love for you to dive into a bit of the like whole identity piece and what that looks like in terms of rewiring that and and reworking that. Yeah. So true. I remember the first time somebody told me that money doesn't come from hard work. I was pissed. 
I was, I was like so triggered. And when I would see posts of people being like, business gets to be easy, let it be easy flow alignment. I was pissed. I was like, you're teaching people that they can just sit on their ass. Sorry. I, (laughs) I say it like, yeah, they can sit on their butt and do nothing. And they're going to have this amazing business. That's not how you get to six figures. And so I just was very triggered by things like that. So what I want to say is it's a combination of the masculine and feminine. It's a combination of, yes, you need a work ethic. That's not something you can really bypass, but that doesn't mean you have to overwork. And there's a difference between struggle and commitment. We can be highly committed to our business and highly and like have a really great work ethic, but that's very different than the energy most of us show up with which is overworking struggle. And it's the difference between power versus force is the way I like to explain it. So when we work from force that drains our energy, and that's why so many of us end up having burnout, which I definitely had more than once because we're forcing so many things to happen because we truly believe if it's meant to be, it's up to me. So it's really by me consciousness. We work from this consciousness that everything has to be created by me. So what I help entrepreneurs do is shift to more as me and through me consciousness, which is understanding that you don't have to work from the energy of force. You can work from the energy of power, which gives you energy. It actually revitalizes you. It helps you feel alive. It helps you feel alignment. And that's what we mean when we say that you don't have to struggle, that things get to be easy. And you know, so that I definitely get that if people are listening and they're like, yeah, you're full of shit. I get it. Cause that was me. And I, I thought everybody who talked about it was full of crap, but it was only my interpretations and my beliefs that made it. So I felt that way. So when it comes to subconscious identity, this was the game changer for me because I, you know, so much of the personal development that we listen to is very surface level. It's great. Don't get me wrong. I love books like you are a badass or the five second rule, you know, those, those great personal development books. But for some reason, after years and years and years of reading all the books, I was like, why, why are things still so hard? It felt like change was so hard and I had to work really, really hard to change my patterns and change my beliefs. And I wasn't really getting anywhere. That's when I learned about the power of the subconscious mind and really got into hypnotherapy And understood that the reason I wasn't getting what I wanted in life wasn't because I wasn't doing enough or doing the right things. It was because at a subconscious identity level, I actually wasn't the kind of person who could have that. The example I always give is lottery winners, because this is a great way to kind of make it easy to understand. So if somebody is making, let's say 60,000 a year, every year, that's their subconscious identity at a subconscious level, they're a $60,000 earner. If they win a million dollars in the lottery, even 10 million or 20 million, it's statistically proven that almost every single person who wins the lottery ends up either back where they were within five years or completely broke and actually worse off. Now, why is that? How can you have $20 million and it's gone? It's because your subconscious mind wants to keep you safe. It wants to keep you in your comfort zone. And it will think that that kind of abundance is isn't safe because it's not your, where your set point is. It's not who you see yourself as internally. Does that make sense? 100%. And I think you, you touched on a really good point. And I love the analogy with the lottery. Cause I think there was a, a, even a story of a gentleman that won it twice and still was went like filed bankruptcy after winning it twice. It was like, he went to it, won it, and then won it a second time, which is like, Again, what are the odds? What are the odds of <laughs> doing that? a karmic lesson to learn in there for real. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally. But you touched on a really good point about how you read books and you were taking in this information, but nothing was changing. And I think there is this thing that happens in the personal development world where people are just trying all the manifestation things, right? Whether it's meditation and journaling and all of that, and nothing really seems to change. So I want to talk, I want you to share more about why that is like, why is it that you can read all the things you can even hire the coaches if you want to and get the support, but why, why do people stay stuck even though they're yeah consuming everything? Yeah. Well, that's essentially what happened to me. And I was like, why is this so hard? Change is actually really easy when you know how to do it. (laughs) You're not the reason those things feel hard is because they're only working with your analytical mind. So your subconscious mind makes up 99.94% of your mind. 
your subconscious mind is the other 0.06% or sorry, your, <laughs> your conscious mind is the other 0.06%. So it's really quite literally the smallest part of you. And yet that's the part we use to create all this change. So we think things analytically, we read the books, we go to the seminars and we try to change things from the outside in. And that's why it feels so slow. So when you go into hypnosis or you do, you know, you do things that actually work with the subconscious mind, you're working with that 99.94%. And that is the biggest part of you, but also it just becomes so much easier to change because you're, you're basically getting past all that extra analytical overthinking. Right. And you're just going right to the core of who you are and what your beliefs are. And you can shift them really, really quick. Right. So how do people know, I guess, what, like if they were to do hypnosis or do some of this like subconscious rewiring, how do they even know what to do? Cause again, I know there's lots of, you can download this hypnosis and this hypnosis. And it's like, how do they even assess what is their subconscious? I, yeah. So that's an analytical question because you can't yeah. necessarily assess what your subconscious is, but what I always recommend is we, we cannot see our own blind spots. Right. And so that's why having a coach and a mentor, especially for the type of women that you and I both work with, which they have a business, they have an established business. They don't need strategy necessarily. Sometimes they do. And I teach energetic strategy, but a lot of the times they have all those things in place. What they really need is they're still having those same money blocks over and over and over again, or they still have those same self-worth issues, which lead them to overwork over and over and over again. And so you can't change those kinds of core beliefs and identities from the outside in. You can't achieve enough to change your low self-worth. You you just can't. And so we go right to the subconscious and we really just shift that very quickly. But if you're like, okay, I don't even know what my blocks are. That's normal. A lot of people, you, you probably don't know your blocks. And that's why having a coach, a mentor, somebody that you can talk to or professional hypnotist, like somebody that can guide you is very, very helpful. I know I wouldn't be here if I hadn't had that. I just, I would have stayed stuck because you can't create change from the same level of consciousness that created the problem. Right. We're the ones that kind of created the problem yet. We're the ones trying to fix it. Sometimes that doesn't work, right. <laughs> you know, cause you need somebody on higher ground. who can see things outside of you and be like, Hey, you know, all that work you're doing. Do you know that you have really low self-worth? That's what happened to me. I was working, 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 working. And I never once occurred to me I had low self-worth because I didn't like, I don't, you know, like, it's just not something that ever occurred to me. I'm confident when I walk in a room, I feel really great in my relationships. It just, it was totally a blind spot until somebody pointed it out who was outside of me. And that's why I feel like investing in a coach or a mentor, like I said, is a really great way to work through the subconscious blocks that you might be seeing. Yeah. And do you like, and I so relate with that too. And it was my aha moment as well as like, I was working, 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 working. And I had no idea it was a coach that actually pointed it out. Same thing. That was like, it's a worth and value thing, right? You're feeling like you have to do all of the things in your business because it's like validation that you're worthy or that what you're doing is a value. And it like, literally, I didn't even same thing. I walk into a room, I'm confident I've achieved great success in business academics, everything. And I was like, how do I have low self-worth and how is this attached to low self-worth? So what do you think are the most common blocks for high achieving women? Low self-worth is the number one. I would say about 90% of the women I work with have that as a major block and don't realize it. And, you know, cause we're in our society, we're taught to get our self-worth from things outside of us. So sometimes it's our looks, sometimes it's our achievements as the case was, you know, as was the case for me. So we chase shiny objects and we chase income. And so self-worth is definitely the, the number one. And, but again, they're not aware of it. So I don't even write content around this on my social media because the woman I'm attracting is going to read that and be like, oh, that's not me. Like they don't even know. Okay. Totally. <laughs> they're totally oblivious until they get working with a coach. And then they're like, Oh, wow. Um, the second one is money blocks is huge, 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 huge. If you there's, you know, there's something called subconscious values. The problem with our subconscious values is they're subconscious. So we're not really aware of them. And so a lot of the women I work with, they'll say things like, Oh, I don't care how much I make. I just want to help people because they're very heart centered people. Or, um, you know, I value money, but I value my family more. 
So they put themselves in this bind, we call it, where they literally can't create more money because that conflicts with their value in their mind of family. So if somebody has subconscious values around money that don't support their overall vision for their business, it doesn't matter how hard they work, how much they do, how much they scale. If you are not a subconscious match for a six-figure, seven-figure business, you cannot create it because your subconscious mind literally will figure out ways (laughs) to kind of keep you stuck. You know what I mean? So money blocks is the second biggest one for sure. Amazing. And I want to dive into the money piece where you talk about like, people saying, you know, I don't, it's not about the money. I just want to help. Or, you know, I'd rather have this lifestyle outside of my business. I just want money in my business to be able to fuel the lifestyle. And I had, I saw a post like months ago and that triggered me because I was, I was that person probably still am to some degree where I'm always like, I'm not heart centered. I, it's not about the money. I just want to help. And a lot of my clients and people that listen to this podcast are probably thinking the same thing. So Can you talk a little bit about sort of like the root of that? Like, is there a root to that sort of belief thinking? Like, what is that and how do we shift out of that? Yeah, the root is that most of us are taught either or thinking. And this is normal. As humans, we always get into either or thinking. Either I can have an amazing family or I can have a career. I can either have a, you know, a life of fun and freedom or I can be a great weight you know, they, we just tend to be that way. So what I work with my clients on and myself all the time, because I'm always in the work is it gets to be. And so the belief that I get to make incredible amounts of money and it's not, you know, I'm not having to sacrifice my lifestyle and it's not all about the money. Money isn't bad. Right. You know, and the more money I make, the more people I can help. So it's, it's definitely a lot of the times the women who come to me, they also, um, they have stories around money that, Again, like if I'm making a lot of money, that means I'm somehow bad. And so we have to really clean that up and be like, is that really true? Or is that something you learned? Right. Story. Um, Another big, big one is value. A lot of entrepreneurs don't place a high enough value on their value. So we're taught, okay, if you want to earn more money, if you want to attract more money into your business, go put out value. That's not necessarily true because how many business owners do you know who go out there and they create massive value? but they don't make any money because we don't get paid for the value we put out in the marketplace. We actually get paid for the value we place on our own value. Right. Does that make sense? So that's a big, big, big one, big one that I work with people on because they'll be like, well, I'm doing all these, they're doing amazing things and they have these incredible programs, but they're completely undercharging because they don't place a high enough value on their own services. Yeah. And so they think, oh, if I want to make more money, I got to go do more and create new packages and new offers. And it's like, no, maybe you just need to reassess the value you're placing on your value and realize you're worthy of charging blank price because that's what your, your offer is incredible and you're an incredible person and you don't have to keep hustling so hard for money. You deserve the money that you, you attract. Does that make sense? 100%. Yeah. And I think when I entered into the online space, having worked in corporate for 15 years, then going into like the brick and mortar world and then stepping into this online space. And I was, I it, like, there's so many things that we do in it that just kind of blow my mind. Like what I've never seen businesses built this way, but the whole giving all this free content and putting out all of this free information in order to want to attract people into our space, but also to like convince them to like invest in what we have to offer. And it always sort of felt really disjointed to me because in my brick and mortar, it was like, I'm not like giving people a bunch of free wine, hoping that one day they'll come and buy wine from me. Like, there's no way we would do that. We would never make money. But then in the online space, it was like our businesses were structured like this. And I was like, why are we structured this way? Right. Or even the whole launch model, right? Like, you know, we would never close our doors at our brick and mortar for certain periods of time and then reopen them and be like, we're open again, come buy wine from us. No, like we were open pretty much 365 days a year. So it's just like this really kind of twisted thing in the online space. And I see a lot of women burning out. A lot of clients that come to me are the same. They're like, I'm creating all this really great content. I've got this really great program. I just can't seem to convince people, so to speak, to either invest or even pay attention to what I'm, what I'm doing. Yeah. So that totally makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. And as you and I both know, that's an inside job. Totally. Totally. So that's what (laughs) you got to work. You like you, you all new levels, new devils. As you grow your business, you know, a lot of the women I work with, they make 70, 80, 90, hundred thousand a year, whatever, but 
if you want to get to multiple six figures or seven figures, you're going to have again, money stories. And so it's getting the tools so that when those come up, you actually know, okay, this is a story. How do I reprogram this? How do I shift this? And it gets a lot quicker. <laughs> you're yeah. not just, cause you'll sometimes people spend years in these cycles, you know? So how do you identify it, right? Like, how do you identify that you're even in that cycle or pattern? If some of the women, like I said, don't even know that they have a self-worth issue. Like, how do you even identify that? Oh gosh, that's a great question. Because like I said, if you're self-identifying, it's going to be a little bit hard uh, because awareness is the beginning of all change. So just becoming aware of your thoughts throughout the day and asking yourself, is this really true? Like, is this really, I've been, I do that a lot. Like, is this true? I'll have a belief come up and I'll just start asking myself, is that really true? And looking at other people who have broken that mold can be really helpful, but also having somebody outside of you again, is going to be the most helpful because awareness can be, it's a practice and it takes time to really develop that awareness of your own thoughts and realize I am not my thoughts. These are, these are not who I am and kind of observe them from that third person point of view. And when you do that, you can start to see the patterns in the blocks. However, when I work with somebody, I can have a 30 minute conversation with them and you probably can too. And you can instantly tell by their words, these are what your blocks are. Like I can see them clear as day, but we, as the people who are saying those things, we can't see them. You just can't see them always. So I don't know if that's the best answer because I know sometimes people are like, well, I want to know my, I'll just figure it out on my own. And I tried to do that for a really long time. It can get you places. There are certain things that, yes, I'm not trying to disempower anybody and say, you can't figure it out on your own. You absolutely can. But the mind is a tricky thing <laughs> and your ego, your ego wants to keep you safe. So it's definitely, um, it can be a process. Yeah. And I think the high achiever, again, a lot of high achievers that I work with is like, they want to do it themselves, right? We have a hard time asking for help or getting support from people. And so big time, it's, it's looking at, you know, investing in a coach or getting a coach that can spot your blind spots, but also fast track you. Right. So if you want to kind of, I say spin in that spot and try to do the work yourself, like, yeah, we don't want to disempower you doing it, but if you want to kind of cut through the blocks quicker, hiring a coach or having outside perspective will really help fast track that, so to speak. Um, but yeah, lots of high achievers. And I know I struggle with that in my first two years of business, not knowing how to even ask for help or wanting to ask for help. So same. I still work on that all the time. Just, just last week, I had a mindset call with my mentor and I was the old me, even a month or two ago would have been like, I should know this. I should know better, but it's like, give yourself grace. You may be an expert in your field, but you still, everybody needs help and it's okay to ask. And I feel like being vulnerable enough to ask is actually the greatest strength we can possess it took me a really long time to learn that me asking for help or guidance or feedback or coaching was my strength, not my weakness. And yeah, I I definitely felt the same way as an achiever. Like I'll figure it out. I'll do it on my own. I don't need help. And it really took me hitting rock bottom and just getting so sick of my own crap that I was like, I, I, I give up. I just can't. It clearly it's not working, you know, but you don't have to get to that point before you ask for help. Totally. And, and just understanding that when you ask for help, that's actually because you're very strong. You're a very strong person. Otherwise you wouldn't have asked. Totally. Totally. And again, it, it is such a sign of strength versus like weakness. It was a massive learning for me in business is like, I'm not weak for needing help or continuing to need help. Like you say, you know, new level, new devil that we're all on this path of growth and expansion and that no matter what level of business you're going to need it. Even if you are, like you said, an expert in the thing that you do. Like, I mean, I love, I'm in a program right now. I love that they have a copywriter. Well, I do copywriting, but I love having another copywriter look at my stuff because I'm so close to my work, just like you're really close to your work. Right. And so it's like, just to have that other set of eyes, um, on your stuff is, is so important or just having that outside perspective. Um, I have a question about hypnosis specifically. What types of modalities are there to help rewire your subconscious mind? So I know you do hypnosis and you're trained in that, but are there other ways in which people can, can do this work? Yeah, definitely. For sure. There's 
So I work with my clients both on the subconscious rewiring, but also energetic level because they're quite intermingled. So some of the things I do are more energy clearing techniques. Like I teach energy codes. I teach, you know, EFT tapping, things like that, because that actually does communicate directly with your subconscious. It's just a different way of communicating than hypnosis. There are so many ways you can even use simple repetition to reprogram your subconscious. It's a little slower, but you know, if you tell yourself every day, I'm fat, I'm fat, I'm fat, it's not going to take that long for that thought that you keep repeating to sink into your subconscious. So, you know, repetition is one way if somebody was wanting to do something really simple. Um, but hypnosis is a, as this, in my opinion, has been for me, at least the easiest modality. Um, uh, but I was definitely kind of resistant to it <laughs> before, before I thought it was, I thought it was mind control and I was terrified of it to be completely honest. The only reason I even had a hypno worked with my first hypnotherapist was because long story short, I had chronic foot pain for years and nobody could figure out what was wrong with my feet. And out of complete desperation, I hired a hypnotherapist who said, I can help you with that. And I did a session with her and I went into it just asking her, like, please don't hurt me. Don't, don't brainwash me. Like I didn't understand any of it. And we see in the movies, just so many misconceptions. And it, anyway, I left that session and the next day I was completely healed. My feet never had any pain again. Ironically, what caused the foot pain for me was basically emotional trauma that I hadn't released and hadn't dealt with. And when you don't deal with trauma or emotions, they stay trapped in your body. So after that session, I was able to release it and it wasn't an issue anymore. And that's when I realized the power of hypnosis. And I also started to learn about how there is no way to brain, brainwash somebody in hypnosis because all hypnosis is self-hypnosis. As a hypnotist, my job is actually to just guide you through the process, but you're actually the one hypnotizing yourself. Ah, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's actually also the same as meditation in a lot of ways. It's the same brainwave state. The only difference is your intention. So your intention with hypnosis is usually to reprogram, let go of something that's no longer serving you, maybe get over phobia versus your intention when you're meditating is either to silence the mind or communicate with a higher power, clear your energy centers. There's different types of meditation, but they're actually not that different. And that's what kind of also helped me be like, oh, this is safe. Like, it's okay to do this. I'm not going to do anything crazy to my brain and nobody can do anything to me. Um, so I got really off track there with the original question. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Cause I think I had the same thought with hypnosis and it's because I've got, I had gone to too many weddings where they had a hypnotist there. And then the people on stage were like doing weird things and we're going to, you know, get you to, you know, do this and hug this guy. And I was just like, I don't ever want to do hypnosis because exactly. I thought it was some type of mind control where I was out of control and I yeah. didn't want to release that. I didn't want to be out of control. Um, oh my but God, I- same recovered control freak. So I get it. That was, that was my biggest fear. And the reason when you go to weddings and they have a hypnotist or, you know, on stage, the reason those people are doing that is because they're the kind of person who wants to do that. At some level, they like that attention or they like doing that. If they did, that's why they tap people out and they say, go sit down. It's because that person isn't complying because on some level, subconsciously, their, their subconscious is like, I ain't doing that. So then they say, go sit down. They only keep the ones who are like basically playing along with it. Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah. 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 I, I never, I never thought of it that way. Um, and I always thought like, you can't hypnotize me because I'm so in control of my mind, you know, it was like kind of the other thing I don't one, I didn't want to put myself in that situation, but in the same breath, I was like, they probably couldn't hypnotize me anyways, but I've done hypnosis now and have like gone into sort of like that deep relaxation state, but I do love doing levels of hypnosis now, along with meditation is probably the other big one for me. Um, like journaling and affirmations just don't sit with me, but meditation and hypnosis, but it is to quiet that overthinking mind or the mind that's like completely, completely active. So what would a session look like if someone was to come to you, what would a session look like working with you? So I don't do one-on-one hypnosis sessions. I have a program where I work with entrepreneurs and I take one-on-one clients through, you know, a six month coaching 
package. I don't do one-on-one hypnosis sessions because I actually, I love hypnosis and I, it's one of the modalities I use, but there's so many others. So I use energy clearing techniques. Like I said, I teach them how to rebalance their chakras, clear their aura, things like that, that I'm trained in because that's also like, there's so many different tools you can use. Um, and also I will say one of the best tools you can use is feeling your feelings and letting it be okay. I think that sometimes we use these modalities because we don't want to feel, and that's not the purpose of hypnosis or anything tapping, any of that. You have to allow yourself to just feel and let them go. (laughs) You know, that was a big one for me because a lot of the women I work with, again, they are over-functioning and they don't realize they're over-functioning and overdoing and overworking because they just don't want to feel what they're feeling. And so we have to learn to feel things. Um, but if, if I was taking somebody through a hypnosis session, because I do do those occasionally, what I work through is first, just calming them, just going through relaxation, uh, you know, basically getting them into trance. And then as you relax the body, you relax that analytical part of the mind. So you kind of just send it off in la la land. <laughs> you kind yeah. of just send it like you distract it essentially so that you can then tap into the subconscious mind. And so it's just, it's honestly just a process of maybe 10 minutes, getting them kind of relaxed. And then that's it. Like once they're relaxed, you can send commands to their subconscious mind, or you can work through things in their subconscious. You can do, um, timeline, timeline hypnosis, where you go back in time and kind of work through things that maybe they were experiencing. And then, um, that, you know, that's basically the session and then getting them out of hypnosis is like really fast. It seems to five, four, three, two, one, like basically they're up because again, they're the ones hypnotizing themselves. Right. So cool. So your program that you have right now is a six month program that you take people through and that you kind of have these modalities in there to help women kind of work through blocks. And there's a variety of different modalities as you're, as you explain. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So, cause I help women who, and if I'm a business coach as well. So yeah. really what I'm teaching them to do is scale their business from the inside out. So we start with the alignment piece. We start with understanding our energy system. We start with learning how to tap into that, which I know you teach a lot on so that we're not using force anymore to grow our business. We're using power. And then yeah, the yeah. second part of my model, I take them through is reprogramming those blocks. So if they have money blocks, we're going to reprogram it. If you have low self-worth, you're going to leave feeling really not, you're not going to feel that way anymore. Um, and then really the, the main component I work with women on is reprogramming their subconscious identity, because again, you can't create what you're not. And if you don't have something in your life, it's because you're not that at a subconscious level yet. Right. So we just have to learn to embody that energy. And also embody that identity. Right. So it really goes both together. And then the last pillar that I really work through is energetic marketing and sales. Amazing. And them how to show up as that person on social media and brand themselves and have the right marketing strategy, which I know you teach as well. So it kind of encompasses all of that, but it's essentially scaling from the inside out, <laughs> which would have been a good, great program name, actually. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that name because I do, again, it is such a... Nobody uh, take it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Trademarked. Yeah. Um, it's, it's such a, it is such an inner game, especially, I mean, again, I, I it was an inner game in the brick and mortar world too, but especially in the online space, I know how much it, it is, does impact your growth, but also scalability. I just don't think you can scale your businesses without really kind of, you can work to a point of hustle to a certain point, but you're going to either, like you said, hit burnout or just completely cap out. And so, or only reach the point, like you said, where you are at your subconscious identity, um, what, whatever level that that is. And so I just think it's such beautiful work. I love the whole energetics marketing piece. Obviously that's part of what I do as well, but I just love that more and more people are doing that because I do think, again, there is this like force, right? Where, you know, forced marketing push effort. And that's why so many online business owners are exhausted because they're doing all of the work, but they're not getting the results. And so they're just, they're hitting that, that burnout. So yeah, exactly. And what I always like to explain is we want the strategy. I'll, I'll teach you the strategy. I'm totally. good at that, but we need the foundation and the foundation is what's going on at an energetic level for you. What's going on subconsciously, what your money blocks are, all of those things. Once you have a solid foundation, you put the strategy on top of that 
and you're unstoppable. But if you have a really rocky foundation, this is why sometimes people can create, like you said, they either get stuck and they kind of plateau in their business or they get to the next level and they lose it. And then they get a bunch of money and they lose it. Or they get a bunch of clients and they lose it. And they have this, and you see the same thing with weight. You see people lose a bunch of weight, gain it all back, lose a bunch of weight. gain, And it's like, okay, because somewhere at a subconscious level, your mind is trying to keep you safe. So it's going to keep taking you back to that baseline until we work from the inside out and really dismantle like what's going on there and shift that for you. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting. Cause again, I do see those people on the, like sort of that feast or famine or roller coaster, right? Exactly that they, you know, either sell out a program and then, you know, the next launch, they don't sell it out or they spend all of their money, right? They earn all this money, but they spend it just as, just as fast. And that's back to that analogy of the lottery renter, right? It's like, they just don't know how to work with that 20 million that they want or the 1 million that they want is just not. So when you talk about keeping yourself safe, that's just at the identity level, right? Your identity is living at this level. And, and so the 20 million lottery winner isn't safe in the 20,000. Why is that? Cause a lot of people will say, well, if I had 20, if I won 20 million, that would be awesome. Right. So where is the lack of safety? Yeah. It's so interesting. Cause your analytical mind, your conscious mind is like, that would be amazing. Oh my God, that would be so incredible. But at a subconscious level, it can bring up real feelings of fear because if you change and you're different than you were, people may not accept you. Or you could have beliefs around, if I have all this money, other people are going to want it and take it from me, or I'm not worthy of this. So let me give it away, you know, and you'll do it at a, you don't know you're doing it. You're not thinking to yourself, well, I feel like really, really unworthy today. Let me go hand out some cash. You're doing this in a way that you don't even, you're not even aware of. You know, so it's, it's interesting because your analytical mind is just totally cool with it. But if at a subconscious level or an energetic level, you feel really unsafe with that money, it means you can't hold on. You can't energetically hold on to that. And so that's why same thing in business. Sometimes people make a lot of money. They can get it, which is great. That's awesome. That's like half the battle, but they can't hold it. So we also have to learn to be able to attract it and hold it. So we have to Basically, I, I I think of it as like, we want to increase our ability to have, we want to increase the container that we have to, to, to hold on to things. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so well, what is like, how do we, we increase that? I guess. Yeah. That's the, that's the process. That's the process. It's sitting. It's often, it's being really uncomfortable. It's getting good at being uncomfortable because we want so badly to feel safe. And anything that threatens that feeling of safety, even if it's something that's seemingly good, we have to learn to sit with it and feel it and be with it. (laughs) And and that, you know, it's in the discomfort. It really is in that discomfort that you're going to experience that you just have to sit through it and know that it's going to be okay. It's kind of like a plane going through turbulence. It's like, just hang on tight. You're going to get through this. But what so many people do is they don't, they run away. They go the opposite direction. The moment they start to feel any sort of anxiety. And so it's just being able to sit with yourself. It's called disintegration anxiety. And I'm sure you've experienced it. Anytime you go to a new level in your business of income or clients, or even launching a new business, you have disintegration anxiety because your old identity is literally disintegrating, which feels incredibly unsafe. And so then we go back to our old ways of being and doing, and we repeat the cycle or we become aware, which is what we want to do and say, I'm feeling unsafe, but I'm not actually unsafe. It's okay. And just, I'm just going to hang on through this and I will get out the other side and I will disintegrate that old identity that was holding on to all of that. And I'm going to step into this new identity. And that's why having somebody who can really guide you. Like I always, I work from now. I will not have a coach. Wait, I will not, not have some sort of coach. Yeah. I'm always, always, always going to have a mentor forevermore because I see the value and how much it speeds things up for me and helps me just not self-sabotage, not get stuck in those cycles for years. So I just am a huge believer for me personally is like, I'm always going to have a mentor. And if you look at the most successful, high earning, most impactful people on the planet, they all have mentors. So. Yeah. And it's, it, that's, I mean, so beautiful because 
because again, as the high achiever who thinks they can do it themselves and do everything themselves, you know, having a mentor, having a coach, like you said, is not a weakness, right? It, it is, ha- it is a fast track to the success or whatever you're wanting or desire. Um, and one of the things that you did say, you know, in terms of like shedding that identity. And I remember so vividly when I opened my brick and mortar, I had worked in corporate for 15 years. That was a huge part of my identity. And I was at the height of my career. Like I was a director when I quit. I think everyone thought I was nuts. And when we opened this business, I remember for the first four months, like almost slipping into a depression that I didn't even really know that I was in. Like, you know, I'd sit for like three hours in the tub in the morning before the store opened. And then I'd go to the store and I had, I didn't even know, I think what I was going through, but it was that shedding Mm-hmm. of that old identity that had that corporate. And then it was like, well, who am I now? I'm a, I'm a entrepreneur. I'm a brick and mortar owner. I'm a, I produce and sell wine. Like who am I? Right. And it was, I didn't, I did not anticipate that because I am really quick to reinvent myself, so to speak, but I did not anticipate that whole, the the uncomfortableness of what I was feeling. <laughs> yeah. I call it the void. You just yeah. got it. And, and you're going to have different voids throughout your business career. Even if you're not changing, let's say whole businesses like you did and literally reinventing yourself, even if a small part of who you were is sort of dying off, there's going to be that mourning period and that void and that just release because it's scary and it's so uncomfortable and that's okay. Yeah. Like you just got to sit with it. Totally. And it is, it is almost like a a grieving period in a lot of ways, but yeah, it's Mm -hmm. such a great analogy is like a death of something or the end of something. Right. And uh, yeah, I did, did not anticipate that that was a massive learning for me. And I totally agree with, you know, having mentorship, right. There's nothing wrong with having mentorship and that, like you said, the highest earners and the really successful people, they all have, mentors or teams of people behind them, like exactly that pointing out blind spots or helping them through self-sabotage, which is something that I just, you know, one thing that I do in my business that I just learned literally in the last two weeks of like my procrastination. Mm -hmm. I always thought that I was really good at like pushing things to the wire and working to the deadline. And then I realized that it was actually, it's actually a form of self-sabotage, self-sabotage for me. Like I didn't even, cause I always met my deadlines and I always completed the thing I was going to complete. And I achieved success, so to speak, but it was chaotic and messy and could I be doing it better? And I didn't, yeah, I did not even notice it until somebody pointed it out. One of my mentors pointed it out to me. They're like, no, that's self-sabotage. And I was like, what? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? I actually recently experienced disintegration anxiety because I've really been practicing, not practicing. I've let go of the highly masculine part of me who always needed to be in control. I had major control issues and these stem back from even when I was young, I had an eating disorder. A lot of eating disorders, people don't realize are from a control issue. Not all interesting. Yeah. And, um, I had major control issues my whole life and that works until it doesn't, (laughs) it often doesn't work. And so it's just, I had to like really shed that. I, and it was very unsafe because when I felt like I wasn't in control, my nervous system just freaked. So even that is a process I'm working through still of like stepping into my feminine energy and allowing things to be easy, allowing myself to receive. That doesn't mean I don't take action. I just take action from power instead of forcing things, instead of controlling outcomes that I never had control of over the first place, you know? So I get it. As you grow, you're always going to have these things where you're like, okay, there's a new layer that needs to be shed. And that's the process of becoming who we're meant to be. We're on this planet, in my opinion, to grow and evolve as souls, because the other aspect of what I work with is spirituality. (laughs) So, um, a lot of the women I work with are deeply spiritual and we're here to learn lessons and evolve and grow. And that means we're always going to be shedding these layers and really getting to know ourselves even deeper. Yeah. it's just a process and you just have to be down for the ride and know that it's not going to end. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's the, hu- I always say it's the human experience that we're living, right. It's like, it's mm-hmm. that polarity of, you know, it's not all rainbows and happy times and easy going, right. It is like you said, a process and a shedding and, you know, deconditioning and all of that work, it takes work, but it takes getting really uncomfortable. And for a lot of people, we you know, me included, I didn't want to sit with my emotions, right? I was, I was, I 
am to some degree still very masculine, right? I still operate in that masculine energy, but I've now learned to balance the feminine because like you, I was, you know, the, the doer, the very strategic controlled, wanting to control the outcome. And again, we, we, we don't have, nothing's guaranteed in life. And we, we know that, but it's hard to, hard to sort of sit with that and, and believe that sometimes, but yeah, it's, uh, sitting with those emotions is, is the tough part. And if we are doer, I always say if we're like that masculine, right. Is we want to be doing. And sometimes that like pause or void is really uncomfortable because we're not used to sitting still. And we feel guilty sitting still or like we're wasting time and, oh my God, there's so much I should be doing. I remember when I hired my first coach a couple of years ago, one of our assignments was to sit in silence for four hours and do nothing no music, no food, no kids. Like I'm not kidding. Sit in a chair. You do nothing for four hours. I skipped the assignment. I worked with him for two years and I skipped the assignment. I did it for like an hour and I wanted to die. And then the next round I would do it for like of working with him. I would do it for, you know, two hours and I wanted to die. And now I'm like, that's no big deal. I would, I do it. I, I, it's not an issue, but it was so uncomfortable. And if this is something I'm always telling the women I work with, if the idea of sitting alone in a room by yourself doing nothing for even 30 minutes makes your skin crawl. You're running from something yeah. and we need to, we need to figure out what that is or not even figure it out. You need to just do it because when you sit there, it will come up and then you'll know this is what I've been running from because that shouldn't be as scary as it is for us high achievers to just be, but we don't know how to be. We just know how to do. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I, yeah. And I so, so relate with that. I remember again, it, more meditation, like sitting with med- being like, I can't meditate. Like you want me to sit there and quiet my mind for even five minutes, like, you know, five minutes felt so hard for me. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, you know, if I, I have to meditate, like I choose to meditate every day, but I actually, my body needs it now. Right? Like I actually yes. need it. If I yeah. don't, I can feel my world spinning. It's so yeah. crazy how, and before I would never have known that, right? Like I never felt that in my body, that sort of like feeling not grounded or feeling like wobbly or spinny. That's the energy I feel is like I'm just out of control kind of thing, or I'm spinning out of control. And now I just know that if I even miss a day of meditation, whether it's five minutes or 40 minutes or an hour, whatever it is that I can start to feel, you know, that's so deep in my body. And it's so true that sitting the, I, you know, the art of contemplation or just, yeah, sitting with ourselves, we should be able to sit with ourselves um, for, you know, even, yeah, like a day. (laughs) I'll say, I already know. I already know the women listening who are resonating with this are like, I don't have time for that. Yeah. Listen, (laughs) the time you think that you're wasting meditating, I promise will be made up for by the fact that who you're being, when you do go do your work will be such a different person and you will get way better results because not only, you know, I also teach meditation and I have some on my podcasts and I, I just, I love meditate. I, I create them. Like, it's just, it's just one of my favorite things, but not only am I, are you calming your nervous system and you're also reprogramming while you're meditating, but you're tapping into the quantum field. And when you learn how to tap into the quantum field consciously, we're always doing it, but when you do it consciously, you're actually like breaking down the timeline of all this work. So you're not having to work so hard to create things. Instead, you're just getting right to the quantum field, setting your intention and actually learning to attract things to you consciously. We're always attracting, but it's, it's knowing how to do it on purpose. Yeah. So I, yeah. Cause I used to be like, I don't have time for that. And I'm not going to waste the 20 minutes I have to work meditating. It's not happening. And now I'm like, that is actually the best use of my time. Because when I do that, the being doing the doing is actually the being that needs to be there. Does that make sense? Like 100% I'm actually there. I'm there in the work. I'm energetically aligned. I know what I want. I'm not working from the weirdest energy and everything is just so much easier. Yeah. And it's our, it's that conception of time, right? It's like it, which is total illusion. And it's like that we have, you know, that, and we operate from like that nine to five, right. Or the 24 hour time frame. but it's like the grind I say, right. It's like, you get up at, I don't know, eight, seven, eight, whatever time you get up at. And it's like, you've got to put in all of this work, like doing work. Yeah. Right. It's like, just for it, you know, it ends up, that's what burns people out. And if, like you said, you know, stop for like, I meditate in the morning and then I do a meditation at night before bed. Those are kind of my two times. Um, and that it, yeah, it sets you up for the day, right? That whole 
being the person doing the work, the being behind it, um, is I say set up for success in a lot of ways. And you'll start to realize there's a lot of the things that you probably were doing in your business are like irrelevant. You don't right? actually oh need to be doing. <laughs> I was thinking that last week because I used to work every night. I have a son. My husband travels yeah. for work a ton. And the first year and a half of my son's life, he was home a couple of days a month. And I would still wow. work every single night I'd have calls every night. And I was like, I don't understand. I have to do these. And I looked at my calendar last week and I was like, you know what? I actually don't do evening calls. I don't even know where those dropped off. I don't know, but they were never necessary in the first place. Like all of that extra shit was just, and I was, I was doing it because I was overcompensating for lack of self-worth. And I was, you know, like all the things we said really in my masculine and controlling, I thought I had to do all these things if I wanted to have success. Last thing I'll say on this topic, cause like I said, I could go on forever is it's also a lack of self-love because if you can't be alone with yourself, what does that say about the relationship you have with yourself? If you're not worth even five minutes of your own time, what does that say? And that's what really woke me up. It was like, wow, I treat myself like crap. I don't talk bad about my body. I work out every day. I eat healthy. So I was like, of course I love myself. But when I really thought about it, if I couldn't even take two minutes to give myself some time, like, no, that's not love. We take care of what we love. Right. Period. You know, so like, I'm really passionate about this. So I love <laughs> I'll, it. I'll stop droning on, but it's just, it's so, it's so important. Yeah. And it, and I, I love the whole self love piece. Cause you're right. We, we invest in spending time with our partners or our spouse or our kids. Right. And it's like, are we taking the time for ourselves and are we being the best we can be for these other people? Right. Is our cup completely empty? Are we yeah, devoting that giving ourselves the love that we, we deserve and need. Um, and it, yeah, you know, it was the biggest thing that was a wake up for me when I opened the brick and mortar was like, I sacrificed my health for two years, probably four, actually this past year has been a year that I reprioritized my health and it's a non-negotiable now. But when I first, that was the first thing that went, like I stopped going to the gym. I started eating fast food. Right. And it was like, why am I do I know better, but it was like, I needed to you know, I needed this brick and mortar to be successful. And I was going to prove to everyone that was going to be successful and worth me quitting my corporate and all of that. Um, and so, yeah, my health was the first, first thing to go, um, yeah. which is sad, right. In a lot of ways, if I hadn't built my first business on health coaching, I'm sure that would have been the case for me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> And it did go in every respect, except for working out and eating healthy, but every other part of health, you know, self-care, self-love was, was out the window. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Well, it's been such a pleasure like having you on the show and I know my listeners are going to love this. Um, and so is there anything else you'd like to share before we wrap things up? You know, people always ask me that at the end of podcast. I need to come up with some sort of like really solid answer every time. The only thing I will say, just because we're on the topic of self-love, people always, I, they do ask like, what's the biggest shift you made in your business? And I can talk all day about energy and, you know, marketing and subconscious reprogramming. But at the end of the day, the biggest shift I made in my business, and this is going to sound really fluffy and it's okay if you roll your eyes, <laughs> the biggest shift I made was loving myself. I mean, truly deeply working through that process of accepting myself and loving myself because when I accepted myself and love myself, which is a journey, like, it's yeah. not like, you know, every day you work on it, but it's so much easier to run a successful business when you love yourself. It's yeah. so much easier to attract the right clients when you have a great relationship with yourself. And I just feel like that's a missing piece for a lot of people. And for me, that was a huge, huge, huge game changer that really started to pivot things for me. So I, I, I love that because I do think, um, if we don't love ourselves and we aren't loving ourselves, it's a full reflection of what we're calling into our business. Right. And so oh. we end up thinking we need to work these late hours or schedule calls whenever our clients want to, right? We don't have boundaries. We don't, we don't even know what we are available for because we we're just wide open and like, we'll just do whatever <laughs> because mm -hmm. we have no understanding of, yeah, like our, our own inner value and worth is, is kind of what it goes back to. So I think it's so, so beautiful. And so where can people find you if they want to uh, reach out to you, if they want to listen to your podcast, if they want to work with you? Yeah. So my podcast is the magic in your business podcast. And then to reach out to me, I'm most active on Instagram. So my Instagram handle is gratefully underscore Cassie. 
and follow me on there. I love to talk to people. Okay. Not in real life. I'm actually highly introverted, <laughs> but on, on Instagram, like I love DMS. I, I like genuinely, if, if somebody's like, Hey, like, let's be friends. I'm like, oh, let's do it. Like I make friends with people on social media all the time. It's, it's like one of my favorite hobbies. So DM me and be like, Hey, I listen to this podcast. What's up. Um, cause I love talking to people on there, but yeah, Instagram's the most the, or the easiest way. And then the podcast is also available. Amazing. And we'll definitely link that up in the show notes. And I love that, that you're an introvert. Cause I'm like a, a cross. I'm like a 50, 50, I'm extroverted, but introverted too, but I'm the same. It's just like, I like my own personal space. Um, so, but I do, yes, that's awesome that they can reach out to you in the DM, start that conversation and uh, definitely go over and, and follow Cassie. If you're interested in like learning more about how to rewire that subconscious and do the energy work that, uh, we all need in our business. So yes. Thank you so much for having me on. Yes. It's been a pleasure. One of my mentors always says it's one thing to reach, you know, or have that 30 K month or that 50 K month, but it's a whole nother ball game to create that consecutively and have that growth month over month over month. Right. And what Cassie shared today is all around energetics and rewiring that subconscious mind. And that really is the difference between the seven eight figure business owners is our potential to rewire those subconscious blocks that are holding us back because we can certainly hustle to six figures. I've done it. Cassie's done it. A lot of entrepreneurs have done it. You can hustle to six figures, but it's a whole nother ball game to get to that multiple six, seven and eight figures. If that is what you're striving for, it really does all come back to the mindset, our subconscious, our energetics. And so this episode was just jam packed with the tools and things that you can uh, really start to incorporate in your business. And if you want to connect with Cassidy, definitely do so. We have linked up her show, um, where to contact her in the show notes. And that is why I'm also super stoked uh, to have on our next guest on next episode. It's Nicole Leno. She's a startup founder, business strategist and peak performance coach. She used to work on Wall Street before starting her business. She's a type A hippy dippy self-proclaimed personality. And she's going to really teach us how to reach our limitless potential and peak performance in life and business. So we're going to talk a little bit more about mindset. We're going to dive a little bit deeper into some of the tactics and tools that Nicole uses with her clients. But if you're really wanting to excel your business, reach that limitless potential, whether that's in life or business, um, and really have that operate at sort of that peak performance. Uh, This is going to be a really awesome episode. I cannot wait uh, to dive in with Nicole. So be sure to subscribe to the show so that you don't miss when it drops next Tuesday. Cheers. Thanks for listening. We'll see you right back here next time. You can also find us on social media at creatively owned and online at creativelyowned.com. Until next time, keep showing up as your authentic self.